Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Forgot where I lived. Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> like, is that why you forgot? Did you have too much to drink for my birthday? <laughs> Sadly, no. Already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So you are now 29 again. Congratulations. Oh, man. It's been a good. It's been a good 14, run. 15 29. years. Of 29. <laughs> good. Yeah. So yeah. what are you up to? Nothing. My husband surprised me with a trip to Nashville Woo-hoo. over the weekend, so uh, it was fun. I knew it. Fun, I fun. knew that it was happening. No, I know you knew. I knew the things before <laughs> you knew the things. I feel like everyone knew the things before I knew the things. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all talked about you for quite some time before. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun. Fun times. Always love Nashville. It's always fun. So. So do you do easy for us? Oh, Nashville is so good. Do you do a birthday dinner normally? What's what do you do for your birthday day? Oh, well, I mean, typically not a whole lot. Like maybe I mean, it's been so long since we've been able to do anything, so I feel like we haven't really like gone out to do dinner right over 2 years. <laughs> and so um but typically it's like I'll say I'm going to order something or we'll go out or because I'm just like, I'm not going to cook on my birthday. 100%. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I ask everybody else what they want for their birthday. And so I usually make it, but, or if they want something ordered. So I'm like, nope, I'll be ordering for my birthday. So where's your favorite place to order from or what kind of food? Sushi? Well, typically, I, yes, I love mm-hmm. ordering sushi. But I mean, the kids don't eat that typically. So they can suck it I'll up. order that. Well, no, I'll order that and then I order them something different because it doesn't matter. Like I'm spending the money anyway. So they get something from somewhere else and it's fine. Right. So, yeah. Well, enjoy enjoy your dinner, whatever it is. We hope you have a great day. All us closet sisters love you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Speaking of closet sisters, we've got some shout outs to do for some new patrons, Nicole C. and Jana K., joined our closet sister club thanks so Yay. much ladies yeah that's becoming more than i think i mentioned this last time more than i thought it would be i know keeps going up and up it's so fun yeah. i hope yeah. you guys have liked what you've heard so far yes yeah and we we are continuing to record things so that we have content ready for you to go for months to come that's true we're on top we'll of keep it coming we're on top of it yeah I wanted to shout out my mom too because she did not become a closet sister because she doesn't like she probably doesn't even get the whole Patreon thing. My guess is I don't know, but she did send us money just to yes, like she, donate to the cause. Correct. <laughs> she bought us some drinks. Yes, which is yes. so nice. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Mama. Yes, appreciate it. <laughs> okay, that's all I have. Yeah, me too. Except I have mm-hmm. a real doozy of a story for you for your Barsha day. You might change your mind okay. about dinner. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Especially sushi, actually, now that I think about it. Oh, no. You want to hear it? Do you? Not really, but I know you're going to tell me anyway. I sure am. Here it comes. Here it comes. 
All right, Christy. I yes, have Beth. a story for you today. I'm and scared. I know, I know you are. <laughs> I've been texting you. I we say this every week. I say this every week, but truly mean this from the bottom of my heart that this case is a doozy. It is gruesome and depraved. And I texted Christy and was like, don't eat. So don't eat anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> During Oof. while you are listening to the story. I'm not kidding. It's really gross. This is a listener suggestion from Mez. Mez is ah. our friend down on the. Mm-hmm. Yes, Australia. Australia. She is from Australia. And um, she's suggested another Australian case for us before that was a doozy. This one's worse. Mm-hmm. She even, when she sent me this suggestion, like heavily warned me about this case. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> so I even got a warning from the suggester that it was right. terrible. Anyway, so she told me to be prepared. I was not <laughs> prepared. I'm trying to prepare you. <laughs> You're not going to be prepared. But anyway, we could just get into it. Here we go to Australia for the case of Catherine Knight. You know oh, it? Oh, man. You know okay. it, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, you yes. know. I do know that one. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Catherine Mary Knight was born on October 24th, 1955 in Aberdeen, New South Wales, Australia. This makes Catherine oh, a Aberdeen. Aberdeen, yeah. Do you know Aberdeen? Yeah. Well, I don't, but I know there's Aberdeen, North Carolina. And so I oh. hear that and I think in North Carolina. I know it's not clearly a North Carolina case, but. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's down under. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio. I see the qualities. <laughs> not going to lie. We're very intense. <laughs> but I definitely do not attribute her behavior to her son. Catherine came from a big family, and she and her twin sister were the youngest of the family. So Aberdeen, Australia, is a very rural town in the hills of New South Wales, and it has two main industries. One is mining, and the other is cattle. There was an abattoir in the town, which is a slaughterhouse. Or a meat house. Oh. That's what okay. we call them. But there they call them abattoirs, which make them sound okay. way fancier. And yeah. it was called Aberdeen Meatworks. And that is where Catherine's father worked. So it is reported that Catherine's upbringing was unconventional and dysfunctional. Her parents were both very hard country people There was a lot of drinking and a lot of physical abuse in the house. It is reported that her father would frequently physically abuse her mother and would even rape her. And this is was well known by the children. Oh, my gosh. So that's not good. Psychologically Mm -mm, speaking, that does a lot of damage to a child to couple sex with violence right out Mm -hmm. of the gate. So. It's also reported that Catherine was sexually abused as well by family members, not her father, but other male family members. And as she grew up, she was really quiet. She was described as a loner. She didn't really have a lot of friends. She kind of would only talk to her twin sister. She had red hair. She had freckles. She had glasses. Just kind of an awkward kid that kept to herself, but could be very sweet and dynamic when she wanted to be. 
Mm-hmm. So as the years went on, Catherine developed a really terrible temper, and she very quickly became known as a bully. It was reported that she wouldn't just get angry about stuff. She would fly into uncontrollable rages and would attack people and like her siblings and her peers and injure them. Like she would really hurt them. She would like beat the crap out of people. She was also starting to become really obsessed with her father's job at the slaughterhouse. And she really wanted to go there and work with him all the time. Like she was super obsessed with it and she just loved it and thought it was like the neatest thing ever, which that's weird. (laughs) I mean, that is kind of weird for a young girl. So when she was 15, she dropped out of school, even though she could barely read or write. And when she was 16, she finally landed her dream job at the Abattoir. Mm, I was going to say. (laughs) Yeah. A 16-year-old girl working at a slaughterhouse. Mm -mm. She loved it. She apparently really enjoyed slaughtering and butchering the cattle. And she fit right in with the men that worked there she was very gruff it's reported that she was just as raunchy and rough as anyone else in the slaughterhouse and it was said that she took a lot of pleasure in death like she just she took a lot of pleasure in it and it was really disturbing people were really disturbed and like weary of her i know she liked that she liked that people were like scared of her I mean, this is making things make a whole lot of sense right now to me. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing the story. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so it's also reported that she was kind of like an overtly sexual person, which also makes a lot of sense given like her upbringing. That's not uncommon when mm-hmm. a person is a victim of abuse or sees that type of abuse. But like it's inappropriate. And she moved up the ranks very quickly at the slaughterhouse and was even rewarded with her own set of butcher knives that she was very proud of. And she would display them in her bedroom over her bed. You know. Oh, wow. As one does. So she sounds great. Like on the wall above her bed? Yeah, she would like hang them. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Dang. Prized possessions. So... While working at the slaughterhouse, Catherine met a co-worker named David Kellett. David also worked there, and he was known as kind of a rough guy. He was an alcoholic, rough around the edges, which to hang out with Catherine, I imagine you would probably kind of have to be. And the two of them started dating. And in 1974, when Catherine was 18 years old, they got married. Is he much older than her? No, I don't think so. I think he is older, yes, because she was only 16 when she started working there, 18 when they got married. I'm honestly not sure how old he was to be 100%. He was older, but I don't know if it was by a lot. Right. It's reported that David showed up to their wedding extremely drunk and, you know, which he was an alcoholic, but like Mm -hmm. probably if you have to get super drunk to go to your wedding, you maybe should stay home and think about the decisions that you're making but he didn't and they got married and on their wedding night Catherine for some reason had it in her head that she and David needed to have sex at least five times and David you know being I know I don't I I don't know I mean like (laughs) I it's weird (laughs) yes it does and I think he thought so too and also he was drunk 
So he fell asleep after just two times, and this sent Catherine into a rage, and she tried to strangle David in his sleep. Oh, my word. So wedding night, right? Off to a real, real kicker of a start. He was Mm -hmm. able to fight her off and calm her down, and, you know, she didn't strangle him to death, but dang. (laughs) You know? No kidding. Jeez. Yeah, so right out of the gate, their marriage is abusive and toxic. They both drank a lot. Catherine was explosive and jealous. She would physically abuse David, like, all the time. I think he probably was abusive as well, or maybe just trying to fight Mm -hmm. back. Who knows? She, at one time, like, stabbed him with a broken beer bottle. There's just, like, all these crazy stories of this (laughs) stuff that she would mean, Like, it's not funny, but, like... This woman's been So one night, David was playing darts, like Mm. out, he was out playing darts at a bar or whatever. And he won, like, and he was in the championship. And so he got home later than he expected to get home because, you know, he kept winning. And so he had to stay and keep playing. And when he got home, she was ticked off and she hit him in the head with a frying pan so hard that it fractured his skull. Yeah, he had a what skull in fracture. The world? Yeah, like that's attempted murder. But yeah. he staggered to a neighbor's house and they called for help for him. And he went to the hospital and was there for a week while he recovered. So while he, he was press, press charges against her, well, she talked him out of pressing charges somehow. So he did not. I mean, the police wanted obviously to arrest her, but he, you have mm-hmm. to press charges on somebody in order to do that. I guess I don't know. Mm-hmm. And while he was in the hospital, she burnt all of his clothes. Like, she wasn't done. She was still ticked. She was like, yeah, I put you in the hospital. I brained you. But, like, I'm also going to burn your stuff. My goodness. So, eventually, the two of them had a daughter. And not long after their daughter was born, David had enough. Like, he was like, you're crazy. I'm done with you. And he ran off with another woman to Queensland. Which, like, David... She's already crazy. Don't mm-hmm. make her crazier. Like, don't run off with a woman. That is so scary. Right. And he left the, ki- the kid with her? He did, yes. And she became <laughs> so distraught after that he had left her for another woman that she took the baby and put her on the railroad tracks and left her, Shh. like, for dead. Stop it. I know. This woman. Luckily, the baby was okay. A man heard the baby crying and rescued her before she was like hurt or killed but she like legit left her to get run over by a train uh can she go to jail for that well she was taken to attempted murder i know she was taken to the hospital and she was diagnosed with postpartum depression Mm. and like discharged so once she was released, she was still mad. You know, she's not over it. Mm-hmm. David's still gone. And just a few days after that, she held a woman at knife point, slashed her face and demanded that she drive her to Queensland so that she could find David's mother to kill her to punish David for leaving her. This woman is insane. Like she needs to be locked up. Uh-huh. She needs to be locked up. A hundred percent. So the woman ended up escaping from the car when they were stopped at a service station and Catherine was taken to a psychiatric hospital where she was kept inpatient like she did a stint. And during this time, David came back to Aberdeen to get his daughter 
and for some reason ended up checking Catherine out of the hospital and into his care. And the two of them got back together and had another daughter. Oh, my goodness. Yes, David. <clears throat> David. Ooh, David. <laughs> like, it's like battered, battered you man know syndrome. I thought the same thing, like that Stockholm mm-hmm. syndrome where it's like you just are so stuck and paralyzed that you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So the two of them were married for six years until finally, and luckily for David, Catherine got sick of him and she took her and her two daughters and moved out and moved into a house wow. by herself. Thank goodness. So she decorated this house in like crazy stuff. Like she had hides and pelts everywhere hanging and like weapons and slaughter tools and equipment, farm equipment all over her house. Like I'm not kidding. Taxidermy animals. It, I saw pictures of it and they, the stuff is everywhere. Like every inch of the walls hanging from the ceiling like it sounds like a house of horrors. That's what it. That's literally what I was thinking of. It's like, have you ever been to a Cracker Barrel? Do you know what mm-hmm. that is? Does anybody know what a Cracker mm-hmm. Barrel is? Cracker Barrel has like old stuff all over the walls. Like every inch of the wall is covered, and it reminded me of that. But like a house of pain, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> like so, like it was. But it's gosh, like weird. So not long after she left David, another man moved in. And his name was also David. His name was David Sanders. So a second David. So we know just a little bit about him. Um, we know that he also was the same, from the same small town. I think he also worked at the slaughterhouse. He was also a drinker, kind of a rough guy, like similar to first David. Mm-hmm. And things were not much different in their relationship either. Catherine was jealous. She was explosive. She had violent mood swings. She was very abusive to him. It's reported that on one occasion she hit him in the face with an iron because he came home late and that she had stabbed him with scissors on one occasion. Um, there's a couple reports that Second David tried to leave her at one point and when he tried to do that, she killed his dog. What? Like slit the dog's throat. Oh my god! To like prove the point, like don't cross me. You'll go when I tell you to go, David. That is awful. Awful. So even with all of this going on, the two of them had a daughter. So this would be Catherine's third daughter. And six months after this baby was born, second David like super scared for his life took an extended leave from his job and went into hiding like legit hiding disappeared ran for his life like that julia roberts movie (laughs) what's it called wait did you say he took the daughter he didn't take the daughter he didn't like took left what is wrong with, I shouldn't say that. Nothing's wrong with you. But why are these people not taking their kids? Clearly she's crazy. And she also left one on a, ra- a railroad track. So why does she even have her kids? Right. She should not. She should not have them. No. Okay. So very quickly after second David leaves, she obviously tries to look for him and is crazy, but can't find him because he disappeared. Mm-hmm. He disappeared himself. She starts a relationship with this man named John Chillingworth. 
He also worked at the slaughterhouse and truly nothing said about this man except for that the two of them had a son together, which would be Catherine's fourth child. Why do they keep having bait like dudes? And do these dudes not talk to each other and be like, dude, she's crazy? That's the thing. Everyone knew her. She had a reputation. Everyone knew she was crazy. And she is not that cute. Right. Right. Not at all. She's got the sexual prowess that people talk about, but like, (laughs) it ain't worth it, dude. Mm -mm, (laughs) mm -mm. Oh, my gosh. So their relationship ended because of the abuse. It's reported that she like busted up his teeth in one of their fights. Um, So they break up, whatever. And she starts dating this other man who is also named John. So we have two Davids, two Johns. This man was John Price, who went by the nickname Pricey. Which is super cute sounding, I feel like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so we have a good idea who Catherine is. There's the background. She is obsessed with dead things. She loves knives. She likes to butcher cattle. She has four children with three different men. She's manipulative. She's controlling. She's abusive. She's cruel. She's sort of homicidal. And Hmm. she is now in a new relationship with a man named Pricey. Okay. Okay. Got it. I think I got it all. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you're about not to be okay. Mm. right after this break. So it was 1994 and Catherine was 38 years old and she is a red-headed she-devil lady. And she started a new relationship with an also 38-year-old man named John Price or Pricey. Mm -hmm. Pricey and Catherine had known each other for a while, small town. So he was well aware of mm-hmm. her redheaded she devil ways. Um, Pricey was born in 1955. He was a minor, so he didn't work at the slaughterhouse. He was oh, wow. known, I know, he was known around town as being a good man. So she's she's oh. moving off trend here. He was a divorced father of three. He was very popular. He was very likable and generous. He was a hard worker. He made a really good living and had a lovely home in Aberdeen. He was a great dad, and he got along really well with his children's mother. He liked to have fun. He was a top bloke, as they say. <laughs> it's literally what they said about him. Bloke. He Wasn't did... that the wordle today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Was it? I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wow, fate. Do not Mm -hmm. want to be fate tied to Catherine Knight. Okay, so he did like to drink. Some said that he did have a bit of a drinking problem. But other than that, there is literally not one negative thing said about this man. He seems like a super normal dude. He didn't want any drama. He just wanted to live a happy, decent life. So, like, what the heck is he doing with Catherine? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. His friends had no idea. But he was smitten with her. And wow. so was she. So he and between the two of them, there's seven children. Correct. Yes, that's right. So he he had two. His two oldest children lived with him, and his youngest lived with their mother. Oh, okay. so he actually even had like the primary custody of two of the children. He called Catherine by a pet name, his speckled hen. 
which doesn't really sound very nice, but <laughs> no, <laughs> worked mm-mm. for her, I guess. And it's reported that the two of them had a very vigorous sex life, which I am not surprised by. Right, yeah. Now, Pricey had his own house, and Catherine had her own house. You know, her house of mm-hmm. horror. Her house of Pre- horror. horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And although Catherine would spend quite a bit of time at Pricey's house, like he was very welcoming, you know, me my house is your house kind of thing. But the two of them did not live together because Pricey did not want to live with her. So he was like, you're oh. not living here. No, no. So at, at least first, he had that much sense. Right. Yeah. He seems mm. so normal. Like, right. Just a good dad, a good guy. And at first, the two of them seemed happy. Like they were okay. They, things were normal. Maybe she's turning a, 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 over a new leaf. But, you know, we, mm-hmm. we know Catherine. And we know she just can't help herself and be normal. So the physical abuse eventually began. And it escalated and it escalated and Pricey would show up with bruises and scratches and marks and injuries. His friends hated Catherine and would refuse to hang out with her. So Pricey like lost some of his friends even because of the relationship because they just couldn't understand it. And they were like, she's so bad for you. Like, what are you doing? Right. And my guess is he didn't fight back because that's the kind of guy he is. Like, I mean, maybe to like push her off, but like he wasn't going to then be abusive towards her like some of the yeah right yeah no he doesn't seem like a toxic man he just Mm -hmm. got sucked in by the wrong speckled hen Mm. she devil so pricey would try to break up with Catherine. like he actually did try Mm -hmm. to break up with her and she would just like refuse to leave like she would just refuse to leave his house and she would threaten him she would threaten his kids she he was scared like he was afraid of her Mm -hmm. he was afraid of what she would do He was afraid for his kids, like he did not want to make her mad and just was like stuck in this awful, abusive relationship. She was unpredictable. She was not stable. And he just didn't know how to like safely get away from her, sadly. So he was open about this. Like he would talk to his friends about it. He talked to the police about it, like magistrates in the area. And it's like nobody knew what to do to help him. I mean, they Mm. were just like, you got to get out. We don't know, you know, like go into hiding, like Mm. like the, you know, or something, you know, but it's like, yeah, what do you do? You can't just up and leave the town and go into hiding. So as strongly as he was trying to pull away, Catherine was just becoming more obsessed and more obsessed. And, you know, she was begging him to marry her and let her move in. And he was like, no, like um, he would refuse. One evening, the two of them got into a really bad argument about the fact that he would not marry her. And he went outside into the front yard to like get away from her. And she stabbed him in the chest with a kitchen knife. And so there were witnesses to this. And he had to go to the hospital and, like, get treatment for this injury. And so he reported her to the police. Like, he actually did press charges. Good. And on February 29th of 2000, Pricey was granted a restraining order against Catherine that ordered her to stay away from him, away from his children, and away from his house. So good. Like, he is finally getting somewhere, maybe, still terrified about what she's going to do. And he even told his co-worker about the restraining order and said, if I don't show up for work, you know, she did me in. Which oh is like my always goodness. the famous last words. His co-worker was like, don't go home. 
Like, come to my house. Do not go anywhere near your house. Stay away. Hide from her. Let her settle down. But Pricey was so afraid that she would hurt his kids if he disappeared. And she probably would have. Mm -hmm. You know, she's ticked off. Like, he's fighting back. And so she is Mm -hmm. not going to be happy about this. So, yeah, no kidding. You know, you can imagine how she would react to this. Mm -hmm. I can say she did not handle it perfectly healthy and wished him blessings and happiness. Right. She was pissed. Mm -hmm. So she decided that she was going to do everything that she could to get him back. So that very night, the night that the restraining order was granted, February 29th, 2000, leap day, by the way, just after 11 o'clock, she walked right through that restraining order and into Price's ha- Pricey's house while he was sleeping. She wore a brand new silky black nightie. And she hmm. crawled into bed with Pricey, and the two of them had sex. Well, okay. And after they did, you know, she got some kind of magical, I don't mm-hmm. even know. But so he had sex with her, and he fell asleep. And maybe thought, okay, she's not she's not beating me up, so mm-hmm. I guess that's right. Yeah. I mean, he's a battered man. Like I could, you just, Mm -hmm. he, I I can't even imagine how terrified this man was, like, especially Mm -hmm. for his kids. So here we go. While Pricey was asleep in bed and while still wearing her black nightie, Catherine took out one of her prized butcher knives and began to stab him in the chest. Pricey obviously woke up and was fighting her and attempted to get away. But Catherine was skilled with a knife. And she was fast and she chased him out of the bedroom, down the hallway, towards the front door, stabbing him over and over and over again. Pricey actually made it to the front door and opened it and almost made it out the door. But he was so badly injured from all of this, the stabbings that he had had that she just was able to mm-hmm. like pull him back in. She continued to stab him and he bled out in the foyer just by the front door and died. He was 44 years old. Oh my gosh. Like, such a young dad. And were nice those man. the two that he had custody in the house? They were not in the house. No kids were in the house. Okay. And I will talk about that later. But okay. no, thank God. No. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, Pricey failed to show up at work. His boss called him and wasn't able to reach him. So the boss man sent two of the co-workers out to check on him, thinking maybe he's overslept. We just need to go wake him up. The two men saw his car in the driveway. His work boots were by the door. They knocked on the door, got no answer, but then they noticed there was blood on the doorframe. So they immediately called the cops. Hmm. The cops came out. They also saw the blood on the doorframe, knew something bad must have happened, and they busted through the back door and went inside the house. Okay, hold on to your pants, put down your food, walk away. Trust me. Mm, Okay. The police immediately saw massive amounts of blood on the floors, the walls, the doors, everywhere through the house. They continued walking through the house and they saw like a blanket or a curtain hanging on a hook in one of the door frames. And the officer that was in the front reached up to move it out of the way. And when he pulled his hand back, he immediately saw that he was covered in blood. And it was then that they realized that it was not a blanket. It was human skin. 
like helps. All in one piece, head to toe. Oh my goodness. Awful. Oh, how, oh, how in the world? Well, she's skilled. This is what she, she does for a living. Mm, mm, and it was dripping with fresh blood. They continued on and saw a large pool of blood by the front entrance. And then in the front room, sitting on a chair, was the skinned body with no head, decapitated, completely uh, upright in an armchair. One of his arms was draped over a soda bottle and his legs were crossed. So he had (sighs) clearly been posed sorry like i'm like uh-huh i'm sorry I, too. i'm reacting more with my eyes than i am with <laughs> Ooh, yep. oh my mm. there was a butcher's knife lying nearby the body police continued to search the house and they saw a blood trail leading into the kitchen and they could also smell cooking smells i'm so sorry <laughs> they went into the kitchen mm. and saw a large pot sitting on the stove the pot was still warm and when they lifted the lid they saw the skinned head of john's john price floating in a broth with vegetables oh my god i know oh we are gosh. not okay here we are not okay mm-hmm. no send help not even done oh my god this is gonna done. be the next reason why i'm gonna drink today yeah <laughs> so oh. sorry mm. just don't eat They found two more butcher's knives in the kitchen, and there was blood everywhere. Now, on the dining room table, there were three plates. The three plates had pieces of cooked meat, vegetables, baked potatoes, and gravy. And they had place cards with the names of Pricey's children written on them. Like, Mm. she was serving up their father's cooked remains. For dinner. That is disgusting. I, the depravity is, it's the grossest case I've ever done. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm legitimately nauseous right now. I know. Like, I told you. Mm. I told you. Mm. I tried to warn And you. I know the story. Right. <laughs> mm. Okay. So in the bathroom, they found the black nightie draped over the bathtub, covered in blood, and also had like pieces of meat on it. And in the bedroom... Mm. Fast asleep and snoring, they found Catherine Knight laying in Pricey's bed, sleeping. Shut up. Was she laying in a bloody bed because she started stabbing him in that bed? Well, apparently. I didn't even think about that. That is gross. (laughs) Now, Catherine could not be woken up. She was like very groggy. There were pills around her. And so they had to call an ambulance because they couldn't get her Mm. to wake up. So she was taken to the hospital and it was determined that she had taken a large quantity of antidepressants and then like a smaller amount of antihistamines. And so although this combination can like make you drowsy and dizzy, it wasn't a lethal dose of either of them. So it was determined that she wasn't actually trying to attempt suicide, but that it was supposed to look like she was trying to. So she was like faking it like Mm -hmm. so she was uh, she stayed in the hospital for a few days, you know, until they could get all of that stuff out of her system. And then she was immediately arrested and taken to jail. And she claimed to have absolutely no memory of that night and pled not guilty. She said she had 
no idea what had that happened. That is a lie. Yeah, it's a lie. Police knew. She enjoyed that entire night. I'm sorry. Yeah, she did. Knowing her backstory. I know. Mm-mm. I know. This man and his children. Can you imagine mm-hmm. being this I'm, man's yeah. family? Mm-mm. Like. No. You would never. I mean, I'm not okay. No. And this is like the nicest one out of all of the people she's 100%. been 100%. Such not a that nice I'm saying man. either any of the other men like deserve, would have deserved to have this done to them. But this is the one she chose. Like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's the only one that actually, like, truly was, you know, like, he was going to be the one that got away, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I can't have you. No one can. Yes. It's exactly like that. Okay. So, they knew of Catherine and the toxic and violent situation that Pricey had been trying to get out of. And so, they conducted Mm -hmm. a very thorough investigation. They learned that a few weeks before the murder, Catherine had told her brother that she planned to kill Pricey and that she would do it in a way that would make everyone think she was insane. Okay. But, like, call the <laughs> cops, brother. Right. I, especially like, knowing you know her history. She's crazy. Exactly. You know she's capable. So on the night of the murder, she had arranged for Pricey's children and her children to be away at sleepovers. So that's why they were not there. So she also brought the butcher knives with her. I mean, it was clear. It was planned. Did Pricey then know she was coming if she planned his own children's sleepovers too? No, I think that that wasn't like a super weird thing for her to do. I think it was more like, hey, the kids wanted to stay at so-and-so's house and so... I let I sell vine or whatever. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they've been in a relationship for like six years at this point or, you know what I mean? So I don't think there was like huge alarm bells for him. So Mm -hmm. also that night, a thousand dollars had been withdrawn from Pricey's bank account. And they determined that after the murder, Catherine had taken his ATM card, drove to a nearby town and like stole his money. They never did find the money, but... Like, I think that was a a really strong point for them because it showed that she was, like, in control. Right, yeah. Like, she knew what she was doing doing after the fact. She still did this, yeah. Yeah. She Mm -hmm. still wanted some money. The night before the murder, she had made this video, like, with her children. And she was telling them, like, what was hers, like, her possessions and things that she owned. And, like, this is going to be yours and this is going to be yours. It almost kind of was supposed to look like a will, like a last will and testament mm-hmm. type thing. It was a really weird video. Anyway, the whole thing was planned. They were very clearly able to show that it was planned and that she knew exactly what she was doing during the entire thing. So it was determined that Pricey had been stabbed at least 37 times. And they also found another piece of his body in the backyard that was, like, partially chewed. And, like, she had tried to eat him and then spit him out. (laughs) So psychiatric evaluations were done. And although Catherine was found to have some severe mental illness, I mean, she's a psychopath. Mm -hmm. She was determined to be um, sane. Right. So she um, 
all of this evidence came out for her and she ended up changing her plea like really all of a sudden to um, guilty. And in November of 2001, she was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And she was actually the first female in Australia to be sentenced to life in prison without parole. Oh, wow. Yes. So in 2006, she tried to appeal her sentence and um, because she was saying that it was just too severe of a sentence, like life in prison was too severe because she just she just killed one person. It was just a single murder. But mm-hmm. due to the gruesome nature of her actions, that was very quickly denied. Mm-hmm. So she is currently 66 years old and imprisoned at the Silverwater Women's Correctional Center in New South Wales. She is very well liked by her inmates and they call her the Nana. So she's like their Grammy. However, she is still considered to be one of the most dangerous women in Australia and is not permitted to have a cellmate or work anywhere near knives or animals. Investigators on this case still suffer from PTSD and nervous breakdowns as a result of what they saw. And many of them could never eat meat again, which like, I, yeah, I don't blame them. So Mez, our listener that suggested this case, has a family member who used to work with Catherine in the meat (gasps) industry before the murder. Stop it. Yes. And that is why she she suggested the case is because she has a, like, sort of connection. Whoa. And that is the story of Catherine Knight. And we are not okay. (laughs) We are not okay. I'm not. I'm not okay. I don't. Mm-mm. I. I don't even know what to say about this right now. <laughs> like, how? It's just so depraved. There's no debriefing this. This is disgusting. She was an is is an awful, awful human being. And the fact that people are calling her like Grammy or what are what are they calling her, Mammy? The Nana. What do they say? The Nana. <laughs> like the. No, you guys know she what this not person like did. My nana. No, she is not like anyone's nana. I mean, except hope oh, the kids that yeah. her kids that will have kids, and she will actually be as someone's nana. But gosh, yeah, oh. she has grandkids. Oh, can you imagine being related? No, to her. No, no, no. Her children. Yes, and you know it doesn't talk a lot about it, which is fine because it's. You know, these kids deserve, her kids deserve their privacy and, like, their story is their story. You know she abused those kids. Yeah. There's no way she didn't. No way. I mean, even just being around such an abusive woman is abusive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, seeing her abuse these men and, um, I mean, just those, I can't imagine. I hope they're well-removed. I know. And that they were able to break the cycle. Yeah. Gross. Gross. Mm. And those poor investigators, too. Gosh. They don't visit her. I do know that. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know. I'd like... No. No, I don't like anything about this. I... (laughs) 
I'm thinking if my mom did this, would it just be this unconditional love for my mom that I'd be like, well, I have to see her. And I really feel like I'd be like, nope. Mm-mm. No. No, that's no. Especially Mm-mm. when that's they no probably for were a terrible mom. Right. You know, see, see now, of course, I'm thinking this in terms of my mom was great. Right. And so if she like, all of a sudden, something flipped in her head and she did something like this awful, maybe it would be, but I, even then I think I'd be like, whoa, no, I'm afraid of her. Yeah. You're literally afraid. As yeah, a good no, mom. I have a feeling Can't that imagine they, what it would be like the other way. Mm. Yes. Anyway. I have a feeling they were... Um, like super excited to get away from her, you know, like mm-hmm. couldn't wait to grow up yeah. so that they could get away. That would be my right. guess, but I don't know. Yeah. They don't speak Gosh. publicly. So mm. yeah. Anyway, and you know, what's great too. It's your birthday. <laughs> now you get oh. to go have a great birthday dinner. <laughs> oh man. Saved it just for you. <laughs> Yep. Thanks, Beth. <laughs> if you want, you can go watch some documentaries on this because there's a lot of them and they're real disturbing. And I, <laughs> oh, I had to watch them. I mean, they're terrible. You know what's crazy? There's not a snapped. Even snapped was like, Mm-mm. this is the biggest snapped of all. Yeah, and there's not a snapped. I looked. I specifically looked to see if there was. I'm like, there has to be a snapped on her. Even Weird. snapped was like not touching her with a ten foot. Yeah, nothing. Oh my gosh! Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, right. gosh. Well, I probably will check out a documentary. Oh lord, not today. <laughs> not today, Satan. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. But anyway, gosh. Well, oh, I mean, okay. So, thank you, not thank you, Miss. <laughs> I I would say sorry, not sorry, but I actually really am sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's what I should say. Um, but also, gosh, thank you for actually doing that research. Like, oh, it was a really different kind of case in the most horrific way. I did yeah. not enjoy it. But at the same time, like, what a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can we see you to totally about spiraling about that and, like, what was going on in her brain. And- oh, Yeah. <laughs> Crazy mm. lady. Wow. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going to go have lunch right now. I know. Well, I have 20 minutes that I, before my fasting ends, so maybe I'll get my appetite back before then. Um, anyways, so thanks for, thanks for bringing that story to us, Mez, and thanks for telling it, Beth. Mez and I say you're welcome. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and guys, if you enjoyed that, which you probably did not, um, that's not a norm for us. Not as gruesome. I mean, clearly we talk tr- cr- true crime, so things are not great over here in general, but that is not a normal case nope. for us in the least. But if you enjoy what you hear, go ahead and go over there and give us a rating and also uh, become a Patreon. Become a closet sister. Go find our Patreon, which there's links in our bios on Instagram for all the things. So you can find everything and become a become a closet sister. You can get some more content. At least at least one show extra a month, but I think we're probably gonna be it'll be more than that. So anyways, thanks for listening. Um and always remember the world is really 
scary. People really suck. Is that even our tagline? (laughs) (laughs) She is so shook. (laughs) I am. I I like had to add the really in there that it made me think that I was saying it all wrong. But anyways, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets. 